Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thankful for the presence of the Lord that we feel in this house. Amen. God is so good to us. Amen. I was actually in prayer today, and I thought about that and uh, that song in general, but just the concept of Abraham being called the friend of God, and, and that was something I was actually praying about. And I thought, man, God, I really want to be your friend. Amen. Does anybody feel like that? I, amen. You know, there's, there's friends that, you know, they're there for a season, and then there's friends that are there for a reason. You don't ever get them mixed up. Hallelujah. You start trying to take people through life that are only meant to be there for a portion of your life. See, but the Bible says God's a friend that sits closer than a brother. Amen. A brother's there for your entire life. Amen. Your blood. Amen. But when you have a friend in Jesus... He's there beyond life, sticks closer than our brother. He's there for eternity, amen? Thank God for that. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse number 22. Also want to mention we're going to pray. I had a list of names, and I, I, I didn't read them all, amen? So we want to remember the young Dia, the Diaz family and, of course, um, Elder and Sister Worley as well. So let's remember them in prayer, in prayer amen, and ask God to touch them. And, you know, church, I'm going to be honest with you, and I hope that I'm always honest with you. That's my intent. I'm a preacher. I'm supposed to always be honest with you. It's kind of a crazy statement to say I'm going to be honest with you when you're an honest person. But it might be shocking if I say I'm going to lie to you today. But, um, but you know, in, in, in today's service and, and just all of, all of this been going on and, and many people just being out sick and this current climate, you know, it's hard to navigate what the right thing to do is. And uh, it's less, less, less stigmatized probably than 2020 was, but nonetheless. Uh, and, you know, I really had to pray about it. You know, God, what's the right thing to do? And, and I don't know if there's any moral right or wrong. Ultimately, uh, the doors are open. Amen. And I figured, you know, we're just going to have church. And, and I know there's many that are sick, but, you know, the house of God is... is by the world being condemned as a super spreader of a disease. And, and, and let's hold the, the shout on that one. Amen. You know, <laughs> I don't want to radicalize anybody. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, that's kind of what's being propagated through the news. And the church is being demonized for a lot of things. But not Walmart, not Costco, and a lot of those other places. And, and we all go to those places. But, you know, I, I think that we need to remind ourselves that the house of the Lord is a house of prayer. And furthermore, uh, in the house of the Lord, it's a place of healing. Not just emotional healing, but physical healing. And, uh, you know, we, and even on Sunday, I encountered that in, in, the, in the actual. actually encountered that um, and, 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 and prayed, God, heal. God, heal right now. And felt the supernatural strength of God step into the building. And I prayed about it all day today and said, God, would you make this house a house of healing? That when people come in, they're not worried about getting sick. I know that that's, that's a crazy comment. But, but not that people are worried about that. But God, when they come in, you're greater than any sickness. You're greater than any germ. God... I get it. People get sick. We even get sick forever. But God, would you heal people? I, I want a testimony to go across. 
I'm just being real here tonight. I want a testimony to go across, amen, this region that we believe God is a healer. We've never stopped believing God is a healer, and we will never stop experiencing the healing of God. Amen. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray that God would make that a reality in this place, God. I pray that when people come to this building, God, that no matter what's going on around us in the world, hallelujah, that, Lord, you would heal their bodies, God, that maybe they've got a diagnosis, but, Lord, would you reverse that diagnosis? God, I pray, Lord, that this house would not be afraid, amen, of, of sickness, God, but, Lord, we would we would understand that you're a healer of sickness, God. We're not going to be irresponsible, but, Lord, we're praying, Lord, that you would heal, God, that this place would have a reputation and a testimony, God. I was sick, but, God, when I walked in that building, I was healed in my body, amen, that I was there at the altar and God touched me. Come on, church. I want to see that this year. God, I want that favor to rest upon this house. I want that favor to rest upon our church. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, that may not be your conviction, and that's all right. I'm not going to push it off on anybody else. Amen. But I want this house to be known as a place where God heals. Amen. I'm not afraid of, if I die, I get to be with Jesus. I'm not going to try to kill you, but man, I hope I can lay hands on you and you get healed. Amen. Amen. Just doing a little bit of talking here tonight. Nothing, nothing special, but hopefully that's something that's been, it's just been on my heart. You know, I, I, I just feel something in the house of the Lord here tonight. You know, I, by his stripes we're healed. He was whipped, and I, I know we've used that figuratively, but man, he was, he heals us. He's the Lord that heals us. And, you know, it's, time, it's times like this and season like this, we got to put our convictions to the test. Amen. And I, I want to lay hands on people. Amen. I want to see them get healed. I believe it with all my heart. And God, if it starts with me, it can start with me. But God, we believe in healing. Amen. I'm going to get in the word of the Lord before I go too much further down that rabbit hole. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken or listen with intent of doing than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, thou ha he has also rejected thee from being king. Does the Lord have as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Here's the answer. To obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken, that word hearkens, great word. I wish we still used it. To listen with intent to, to finish, to do. It's like, you heard me, but did you listen? <laughs> you know, you heard the words out of my mouth, but did you do something about the words out of my mouth? Behold, to obey is better. And I want to I teach to us, talk to us for a little bit on that subject. It's been my heart all day. Obedience is better. Obedience 
is better. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this house. Amen. I believe that God's going to speak to us. Amen. There's many that, amen, are listening and watching online. God, pray that, amen, this word would go beyond this pulpit, beyond these four walls, God. Hallelujah. This year we're wanting to walk in favor. That's our desire. And so, Lord, we're going to exemplify everything it takes, and we're going to learn and apply everything we've got to apply, God, so that the favor of God can flow freely. I don't want any, any stump in the way of your glory being rooted in my life. I don't want any hard places or stones. I don't want any weeds, thorns, or thistles that choke out what your word is wanting to do, God. I don't want any hardness in my life, God, any distractions in my life to stop your word from doing what it is sent forth to do. Pray, God, that you bless us here tonight with your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him obedience is better. Amen. God bless you. you. May be seated. Obedience is a taboo subject in our world today. It is taboo, usually because of the abuse of power that people have experienced. When you think about this, we have all experienced an abuse of power. No matter what background you come from, it's one of those deals where inevitably we find that at least somewhere in our lives, somebody that should never be trusted with power was trusted with power. Uh, it, does, it just blows my mind that the people uh, that, that should never be given authority or power are the ones that often find themselves in some sort of position of authority and power. Now, I don't know if this, is, uh, if this is the way it should be or if this is just God's great test of us and test of life or it's just the, uh, it's the people with maybe the strongest personalities uh, or the top performers that get themselves uh, into certain uh, positions and whatnot. But it's often those people that uh, they, they take power. And you ever heard the phrase, power gets to their head? Uh, you know, there's some people that if you give them just the smallest title, the smallest bit of authority, man, they become, they, they pull out the, the noose and they're ready to hang people up and you start giving people just a little bit of power, a little bit of authority and you watch what people do with that little bit of power and that little bit of authority and they just, man, they, they all of a sudden that title becomes their identity and, and uh, you know, it's, it's the concept of, you know, that person that you worked with that you were friends with and all of a sudden they get promoted to manager, and now you're not friends anymore, and they come by, and they've got that whip. Maybe I'm the only one that's ever worked with somebody like that, uh, that we were all good until they got a little bit of power, and that power went to their head. And uh, I'm sure we've all heard phrases or people try to invoke uh, their authority or their power, uh, and, and what they're looking for is they're looking for people that are willing to be compliant, and because whatever it might be, whether it be a manager, managerial role or uh, some level of authority or some position, uh, it could very well be somebody's given a title and they want their uh, subordinates, if they see them that way, it's probably the wrong way to look at it. You should never look at people as subordinates. Always look at them as human beings, as individuals that have a soul and a choice and a will. But uh, some people, they just get power to their head and they start thinking of everybody else as uh, just a number on a graph and they're just subordinates and they're there to, you know, uh, to do my bidding or whatever the case may be. And, and they start utilizing this 
and they they come in and uh, they they get what's what's called positional authority and they are all of a sudden uh, they are in charge of a program or a, they're in charge of of a certain a certain spot in the job and, and all of a sudden it becomes their domain. Anybody know somebody like that? You ever met somebody like that? It's their domain, and it could be the small. They're the biggest fish in the smallest pond, but man, they're gonna they're gonna make you feel like they're a whale, and you're just a minnow, and and they're gonna they're gonna remind you. And what they're gonna do is they're gonna do everything they can to pull for compliance. And often, uh, out of ignorance, people think that position equals power. Position doesn't equal power. I I. I I, I said this to many people uh, several years ago when I became the pastor. I might be the pastor in title, but that doesn't mean I'm the pastor. <laughs> because it's not until you build relationships with people that you ever become anything in their lives. Amen. You can, you can hold every title in the book, but it doesn't do you any good. Amen. You can, you can push for it. You can press for it. Amen. But you're only going to get so far with people until you go beyond that position or beyond that title. And, uh, and, and I know people like this. I actually have friends that have been like this, where they got that, they got that idea that because they were in the position that now they they were going to get everybody to, to do what they said. And so they push for compliance, and often what that ends up doing is in their intent to maybe even do something that's right or something that's good, they abuse their power, and ultimately they abuse the people underneath them. And this is where they will use the phrase, well, I am this such and such, so obey me. Okay, here's one that we've all experienced. I'm the parent. You're the child. Now listen. As if that is going to be a re reason and right enough for anybody to listen. Now it's probably the best reason and the best right. Uh, and and parents, you know what? You know what you're doing. And uh, the kid has no idea what they're doing. But uh, it's not going to invoke any more power or authority because they know at the end of the day uh, they're going to do whatever and you're still going to be the parent. They're still going to be the child. Ain't nothing going to change whether they obey or not. And so that, 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 that power play of authority and position doesn't always work. And so, uh, and, and there's always, you know, I'm the boss. I said so. You know, uh, do it because I am this in your life. I've heard people say this. I heard one guy, thank God it was not one amongst our ranks. But I watched it was a, a video on YouTube of a pastor that just got done berating all the saints. And he said, you have to obey me because I'm the pastor. After he got done just, just just demolishing the saints one by one. I'm talking about on an individual basis. You're one of the sorriest people I know. I mean, it was terrible. I, that's why I watched it because somebody sent it to me. I thought, my goodness, thank the Lord it wasn't somebody amongst our ranks. But let it and let it never be said amongst our ranks ever that that ever be done. But but this this guy, he had this weird idea that because he was the pastor, because he had something, he was able to then force people to obey. But one of the things about life is you can't force any anybody to obey. Not even God himself will force anybody to obey. Amen. Obedience, the first lesson of obedience is that obedience is a choice. 
everybody's got the choice on whether or not they want to obey. Amen. Now, there might be other factors on why you obey. It could be that you respect the person. It could be that they do have a position of authority. And I think that that's, that's good and that can be in order. Amen. In fact, in spite of all the spiritual abuses and the physical abuses and the abuses of life and the abuses of power that we have found and many of us have experienced, the Bible still commands obedience from us. I want you to think about that for a moment. The Bible commands obedience to parents. Amen. All the kids and all of us, no matter how old we are, we're still somebody's kid. Amen. The Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Amen. It's right to obey your parents. The Bible commands that we are to, we are to obey our bosses, our employers, those that we are called and we have been given an opportunity to serve. The Bible says, servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Amen. We are called, amen, not as uh, eye service, not to make them think we're obeying but not really obeying. Amen. Not as men pleasers, just doing what they say so we can get them off our back. But in singleness of heart. Because we fear God. Amen. God calls us, amen, to that level of obedience. We are called, amen, yes, we are called to obey spiritual leadership. Hebrews 13 and 17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must, do, that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable to you. Now, I want to tell you, I have never one time used that, amen, as a reason for anybody to ever obey something that comes out of my mouth, although, scripturally speaking, that would be a good one, amen. I, I want to remind us here today that we are also called, amen, to obey God and his word. Deuteronomy 11 and 26 says, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord, which I command you this day, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which you have known, which you have not known. Amen. He says there is a blessing. Can I remind somebody here today that there is a blessing upon us when we when we learn to obey God and we learn to obey God's word. Amen. There is a blessing, and you and I, we're talking about favor this year. Favor follows obedience. And everybody said amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him that. Favor follows obedience. Hallelujah. Just talking to us here tonight. Man, we are called to obey. Well, pastor, I've experienced so many abuses of power. That does not mean that you are not supposed to obey power and authority. Amen. God has... God has put it in such a way, amen, as Brother Prado talked about last year, that, that life itself has a hierarchy, and we are, we are commanded to follow into that hierarchy, and God has ordained it that way, amen. Everything is supposed to flow in a downward direction, amen. That doesn't mean that anybody is less than. It's just that God has set it in such a way because, amen, he has given us an opportunity that everywhere we go and every relationship we have in life, we have a choice on whether or not we will be obedient. Amen. But the question is now, how do we obey? Biblical obedience means to hear God, to trust God, and to surrender to God and his word. When we talk about hearing, you can only obey to the level you hear. Everybody needs to turn them hearing aids up. Amen in the spirit. 
I think some people need some spiritual hearing aids. Hallelujah. Some need some physical ones. Who knows? But I might need them here in a few years. But, you know, there's that element that you and I, we, we, we can be as desirous to be obedient. We can have the heart to be obedient. But if we don't hear God's instructions clearly, how can we follow them properly? And I'll be talking about this, amen, in the coming weeks. We'll actually talk about this subject all by itself. But let me just say this. This is why Jesus said, be careful how you hear. We're, we're so, as, as a movement, we've been so conscientious to tell people, be careful what you hear. Amen. That we haven't taken time enough to tell people, be careful how you hear. Amen. I think it's important that you got to be careful what voices you let into your life. And it's not just, amen, uh, the music of this, this world and the news and the media of this world. And it's not just, amen, the secular of this world. But I want to tell you, it's also when you come to church, when I come to church, when we get the word of God and we open it up, we've got to be careful how we have heard that. Amen. How did we interpret that? How did that come into our lives? Amen. When God said that, what was God saying to me? Or how did I interpret that as it came in? Because everybody comes from a different paradigm. And amen, you, you, in order to obey God, we've got to have the right ears on our head. This is why the Bible says, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Amen. We've got to make sure that when we are getting ready to obey God, amen, it's, it's like the person that only heard part of the instructions. And they run off to do it. Man, I always get I always get nervous when I start telling somebody of something that I want and the details of how I want it done, and they they've already cut me off in their mind and they're ready to go do something. I'm thinking, oh no, this is going to get botched so quick. But uh, because I know they didn't really listen to me, they weren't really uh, hearing the details of what I was getting ready to put out there. Amen. And it's no different with the Word of God. We can come to church, and I know at church there's so many words in the song, and there's amen so much uh, going on and so much communication with one another. That, amen, and so many, so much that's being said when, when uh, somebody's preaching or teaching myself or somebody else that it's easy to miss everything, amen. This is why I'm a big proponent of going back and hearing it again and being like a clean animal and chewing the cud and ruminating and, and chewing it some more and chewing it some more until we get all of the nutrients. This is why I'm a big proponent of what we've been doing around here, amen, for the last several years, reading the Word of God over and over and over again because inevitably you and I will get something out of it we might have missed before and there will be another detail and there will be something else there that we we might have missed the instructions amen amen and then when we go to obey because we miss the instructions we don't obey God properly and we've got to make sure we hear him right this is why the first commandment starts this way hear O Israel hear amen next we've got to trust we can only obey to the level we trust. Let me rephrase that. We will only obey to the level we trust. If you don't trust God's instructions, you will not be inclined to follow them. You, you know somebody you just, you just don't quite trust? Amen. Whether it be you don't quite trust them uh, for advice. Amen. But they're always the one who wants to give you advice. Be careful of those people. Amen. Uh, but, you know, there's some people that, that, that they come by and 
you can tell by looking at their life, uh, I, I'm not going to take their advice. Amen. You, you, ever, you ever met somebody like that? Amen. Hopefully, hopefully we're all striving to be better than that. But, but there is that element there where it's, it's always a person with a big giant beam in their eye that wants to tell you, amen, what you got to do in your life. And it's always in the area where they're just like missing it. Amen. They don't have any self-awareness. Uh, and, and, and so you look at them and you just let it. You don't really, what, what's happening there is you don't trust them. You don't trust their example. You don't trust their, you, you know, their words might sound good, but you don't trust it. It's never been put into practice. Amen. There's, there's certain things that even when I teach and when I preach, amen, I, I'll say, hey, I don't, have any, I don't have any examples for this. I don't have uh, any, an, any, any experience with this. So here's my advice. Amen. As, even as Paul said, Paul, uh, having, having not married or not being married, depending on which, which uh, uh, route you want to take, amen, this is why he said, I give my advice. Amen. He, he wasn't telling people what to do because he didn't have a, a lot of experience. Amen. But what he did was he said, this is what I prayed about and this is what I, I want to do. And the people could choose whether or not to trust him. But yet when Paul would talk about the word of God, he would say, this is the commandment from the Lord. And everybody that knew Paul could look at him and say, Paul, I trust what you know in the Lord. I trust what you know from the scriptures. I trust. Amen. There's an element there that as trust is built, not only with one another and with those that you're hearing from, but when trust is built between you and God, all of a sudden now you've walked with him long enough where you know he's not going to drop you. You know that if I walk out on water, I'm not going to drown. And in fact, if I walk on water, I probably won't even get wet. You start walking with God long enough that you know that if I go through the fire and he asks me to go through the fire, I trust him enough that I won't even smell like smoke when I get out of it. Anybody got a testimony? Amen. There's something that happens when you learn to trust God. And we'll be talking about that more, amen, in the coming weeks, amen, as its own message. But I want to tell somebody that when you and I are looking to obey God, it's hard to obey God when you don't trust him. When you have not proved him, when you've not walked with him, this is why we've got to be in our, on our knees praying because it helps us with our hearing and it helps us with our trust. It's hard to trust God, amen, because you and I don't see where he's taken us. Amen. It's, it's, like the, it's like we all get on a plane and we put blind faith and blind trust, uh, amen, in the pilot. I have no idea how he was. And he could be the bottom of his class, but I still get on the plane and I still trust in him, amen. And I want to have, uh, amen, that level of trust with God, uh, amen. The, the, the difference, though, is I know the pilot. I know the one flying the plane. I know he's never wrecked. I know he's never made a mistake. I, I know that he's everything he does is for my benefit. Everything he does is for my good. I trust him. Does anybody trust God here tonight? Amen. If you and I don't trust God, we will not obey him. Amen. It's a fact. Amen. You can tell somebody, well, why don't you go do this? And, and here's the deal about God. Is that God will often take us to areas where it requires trust. 100% requires trust. Amen. God's not going to take you somewhere where it requires no faith, no trust. And then, in fact, that's what the whole point of impossibility is. It's the point where you and I stop and God starts. It's the point where, where the only bridge between our, our, our knowledge of everything, amen, and God himself is this bridge called trust. I don't know what's happening. I just trust him.
Amen. And so when God then speaks to me, this is why, uh, you know, when, when somebody new comes in the church, I, don't, I, I, never, I never blast anybody, well, you need to do this, you need to do that. You need to. No, because they, they, A, they haven't heard it all yet. <laughs> and B, they don't trust anything yet. And you need to let them walk with God a little while. And as they walk with God, their trust is going to build. And all of a sudden, God can speak to them in one moment. And they're going to say, God, it sounds a little weird to me right now. I don't really understand that. But you said it, sure. And then maybe a couple weeks later, I'm preaching on it. And they're like, my goodness, God's been speaking to me about this. What happened? God was building trust with that individual. Amen. And they have made the decision. Amen. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it's going to do. But if God told me I trust him enough that he's not going to hurt me, I trust him enough that he's got my best interest at heart. I trust God enough, amen, that if God is speaking to me through his word, amen, it is for my benefit and for my good. And finally, the last component of obedience is surrender and submission. Because we can trust what we've heard. We can even trust in the one that we heard it from. But we must make the active decision to comply. Because you can hear somebody, you can trust that person, but if you don't enact your will to say yes to their instruction, you have not obeyed them. Amen. Oh, I trust you, God. I, I heard you, Jesus. But until you actualize it and do something with what you have heard, you have not yet obeyed. You can have all the components, amen, and still not obey. Amen. In fact, here's, here's the beautiful thing. You can have uh, you can have this thing called surrender in your life. And when you and I finally choose to surrender, it is the part of obedience, amen, that is that is solely dependent on our action, on our will, amen. Uh, hearing can be one of those time-based things where you just haven't heard enough yet, amen. Trust can be a time-based thing. You just you just haven't, haven't met them enough, known them enough to trust them. But there's that thing called surrender that at any point you can just say, it doesn't matter how much time I've known God, how much time I've walked with God. This is a beautiful thing about when you first come to God. You can just say yes at any point, amen. I don't know him. I don't trust him. I have haven't heard it all, amen, but I just said yes to God, amen. Now, I will say this on, a, on, a, uh, on another balanced approach. This is where this can get dangerous. This is where people can be the blind following the blind, amen. They just, I just surrender. You don't know them. You don't trust them. You haven't heard it all. That can be dangerous. That's why I do believe it's important that we know the word of God. However, amen, when it comes to God and comes to God's word, you don't have to know him. You haven't had to heard it all, amen, but I promise you this. If you take God at his word and surrender at any point, and just say yes, amen. I want to tell you, you can enact your will right now in this very moment. You may not trust him, but I promise in that one moment of saying, God, I surrender, God will prove himself to you. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and magnify the Lord. Come on, let's magnify the Lord for a moment. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, it's better to obey. It's better to obey. Hallelujah. Surrender yourself. Amen. So we, we obey God by hearing him, by trusting him, and ultimately by surrendering to him. But when we talk about obedience, obedience is not something that just happens. Amen. It is a decision. In fact, often obedience is learned and that obedience must be put to the test. Amen. We find this even speaking of Jesus, Hebrews 5 and 8. 
uh, the Bible says that though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author, author of eternal salvation unto all those that obey him. In other words, the only way you and I are going to get eternal salvation is we've got to learn obedience. Amen. Jesus becoming the author of our salvation had to learn obedience. Now, does that mean that Jesus was disobedient before he learned obedience? Not at all. Amen. What it's really showing us is it's showing us a true test of obedience. Amen. I want you to think about what obedience really means. Amen. It's one thing to be obedient when it costs you nothing, but it's an entirely different thing to obey when it costs you, when you have to suffer, amen, for that obedience. Think about it from this standpoint. If a parent commands a child to do something that the child was about to do anyways, it is not a test of their obedience. It is not showing forth any evidence of their obedience, uh, amen. But it becomes blatantly obvious that the child is obedient as soon as the the parent tells them to do something that they did not want to do in the first place, uh, that they were not about to do, and they do it. Amen. I want to tell you, amen, that if you were about to do it uh, anyways without any instruction from God, it doesn't necessarily prove your obedience, but there is going to be a day where you and I are going to show forth, amen, we are going to really learn obedience, amen. There's going to be some days of suffering. There's going to be some days of, uh, of challenges and trials and hard times. There's going to be seasons where we don't want to go through them. We don't want to walk through them, amen, but yet in the midst of those seasons, uh, we're going to look up towards heaven and say, God, I heard you, I trust you, and I surrender to you. In other words, Lord, I'm going to obey you. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, I'm just about done. Let's pray all across this building. We're, obedience is better. Obedience is better. Hallelujah. There's something good that comes out of obedience. There's powerful things that come out of obedience. Amen. Amen. When real obedience is demonstrated, amen, it, it's demonstrated when we obey, even when we don't feel like it. Because we heard him, we trust him, and we surrender to him. Real obedience is an obedience that will often cost you something. Amen. Maybe it's your, your will, amen, that you had to lay down. It's that you, your pride that you had to lay down. Amen. It's your opinion, amen, that you had to lay down. There's so many people in this generation that got opinions. Amen. Everybody's got opinions. But not everybody's willing to lay down their opinions to be obedient. But in order to follow Jesus and his perfect example, we must be willing to learn obedience even if it costs us something. Even if it means that there has to be some suffering. Even if it means there has to be some laying down of some things. Amen. We are called to be obedient. Amen. Our obedience is often put to the test by God. Acts of faith are rarely in line with our current course of action. God calls us out of our comfort zones to give us an opportunity to demonstrate obedience. This is not only uh, for God, but this is also for ourselves. Amen. This is Abraham being called of God after receiving the promised son to go up to the mountain and to slay his son Isaac. Amen. And as he did it, the Bible says he took that knife and he lifted it up over his son. And Hebrews puts it this way. Amen. The Bible says he counted Isaac already dead. 
Amen. He already considered him gone. Amen. I want to tell you the act of obedience is, God, I'm so willing and ready to obey you that even before you call upon it, it's already done in my heart. It's already done in my mind. Amen. That God, even if he's already dead, I know a God that will resurrect him. Amen. That God, if you call me to do this, I trust you enough that God, if you call me to do this, I'm going to do it even if it costs me everything, even if even if it causes me sadness, even if it causes me grief, even if it causes me pain. And as he lifted up his knife, he said, don't worry, son, the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. Amen. I know Abraham had every intention, amen, that if God didn't provide the sacrifice, he was going to bring that blade down. But he had known God long enough and trusted God long enough. He knew God was going to come through. Amen. And before he could bring that blade down, uh, God said, stop, uh, because now I know uh, your obedience has been proven. It's been put to the test, uh, and no devil can condemn you based on obedience. Uh, no, no, no vile enemy of hell can say that that individual is not obedient to the word of God or the spirit of God. I want to tell you there's some people that are on trial uh, on whether or not you're going to be obedient to God and to his word, uh, and the devil's watching uh, to see if he can find a way in. Whether it be through a door or through a window or through a crevice you left open. Amen. But I want to tell you how you close up those crevices by being obedient to God. This is how you shut the door and put a lock on it. Amen. By obeying God. This is how you put a lock on the window by obeying God. This is how you put the mortar on and you seal it up by obeying God. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to give God praise here today. Hallelujah. In fact, I'll preach it for just a moment. The Bible says that the devil came and Jesus said he has found no place in me because every place in me has been filled in by obedience to the heavenly father. Every part of me, even to the point the Bible says he humbled himself unto death, even the death of the cross. I want to tell you that even when it came down to it, he's in a garden and he's praying until his, his sweat turns into blood and he's saying, not my will but thy will i want to tell you what that is it's the perfect example of obedience he he just knew that in three days i'm going to get up out of this it doesn't get rid of the pain it doesn't get rid of the sacrifice it doesn't get rid of the suffering but i know that when i get up from this because i trust in god i heard his word and i've sacrificed myself and i've laid myself down in submission that god's will be done oh somebody ought to give god praise Amen. Mark it down. Amen. Before you ever progress, before I ever progress, before we ever progress, as a people, as an individual, as a church, God will always put you to a test of obedience. Hallelujah. Amen. What, what is that? Amen. God wants to know if you're ready for the next level. Are you ready for the next level of favor? Amen. In fact, people do this. Your boss might even do this to you. Hallelujah. Amen. My pastor did this to me. Hallelujah. I do this, but I like to tell people it's a test. I don't, I don't like to do those trick tests. Amen. Hallelujah. I've done that to people. Amen. Before I ever, amen, look to using certain people, amen, I asked them to do something simple. Amen. There were some people that they, they were too big for it, too too proud for it. Amen. But they, they, they want to do all the big tasks. Amen. One person told me, I'll pick up preachers, but I ain't going to do nothing else. Amen. I, I said, well, I ain't got no use for you. Amen. Because I wanted to see whether or not you're willing to be obedient. And, amen. And, and if you can't be used on this level, you'll never be used on this level. 
That's just how I was taught, how I was raised. Amen. I want to tell you, God's no different. God looks to elevate people. He looks to elevate a church. But he'll always put us into a place where we have to test our obedience. Amen. And I want to tell you, it's never going to be the easy answer. Obedience is not the easy answer. Obedience is the right answer. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise. God's not, not going to position us, amen, for this easy answer all the time. God's going to position us in a place where we have to choose obedience, even if it, we, even if it means we lose uh, relationships, even if it means we lose what it seems like some ground with people, amen, because God wants to know, are you going to obey me or are you going to obey? Because here's the deal about life, church. You will obey. In fact, the Bible says you'll either obey sin unto death or God unto righteousness. Amen. I want to tell you that there will be obedience. Amen. In fact, many people that think they're obeying just themselves, they're not just obeying themselves. In fact, the church of Satan, amen, the, 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 the actual church of Satan, this is their main motto, do what thou wilt. Amen. When people are doing what they want, they think, oh, I'm just obeying me. No, you're not. You're in line with the theology of the church of Satan. Amen. You are not obe you, uh, you're obeying a God. It's just not the God of the Bible. Amen. So you might as well make it up in your mind. Not my will, but thy will. I won't obey me. I'll obey him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me just say this about obedience. Everybody say partial obedience is disobedience. You ever had somebody just did it halfway? They are disobedient. This is how some people are with God. You cannot be a halfway Christian. Partial obedience is disobedience. If God has spoken to you about moving forward in a certain area, I'm not talking about making progress, making steps. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that have just gone part of the way and they want God to give them a pat on the back, kudos, and say it's all done. Okay, God. You know, it's like the person that paid their tithes and their offerings one time said, okay, God, now bless me for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's not how that works. It's a life of faithfulness. It's one of those deals where it's like the person that goes to church one time, as Elder Seward calls them, CEOs, Christmas, Christmas and Easter only, amen. Uh, you know, they show up and they're like, okay, I've got, I, I'm part of the church. But we haven't seen you in a couple years. No, you're not part of the church. Amen. Until you're part of the body. Amen. Uh, it's like, it, My hand is part of my body. But if you start seeing my hand missing, it's no longer part of my body. Amen. It, 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 it might it used to be part of my body. But if it's disconnected from my body, it's not part of my body. And so uh, th there's no difference in this. You know, when people go halfway with God and they want to consider it, well, I'm fully obedient. I've met people that say, well... This is, the, this is the number one phrase, mark it down, when somebody says, I'm spiritual. No, they're not. Uh, I'm spiritual. I, God talks to me. And, and then you say, well, man, I miss you at church, and I miss you at prayer meeting. And, I, and, and hey, we're doing a Bible reading program. You want to be involved in it? Well, no, I'm too busy for that. Well, but God speaks to you, but you never open your Bible. That sounds a little weird to me. I mean, God tells them what color socks to wear, but won't tell them to get out of a certain relationship. And God will tell them all these things about you and your problems, but won't tell them to go knock on their neighbor's door. And I have a hard time believing that you're partial obedient lifestyle is obedience to God. Hallelujah. It's just me. Hallelujah. I'm just talking here tonight. I could preach, but I'm not here to preach. I'm just here to talk. Partial obedience is disobedience. And when people think that by this one act, all of a sudden I'm just perfect with God, I want to tell you that's not how this works. Amen. It doesn't mean that God looks at your progress and looks down on it. If you are making strides, as I talked about on Sunday, and you are walking as you go, God's going to look at that and say, every step you take, I'm going to bless it. Amen. But it's the people that say, you know what? Right here is good enough. This is as far as I'm going to go in God. I've got everything 
I need, I want to tell you, the moment you start moving, you stop moving forward is the moment you start sliding backwards. The, whenever you and I are not making forward progress, mark it down. All of hell is going to be pushing against you to push you backwards. Uh, amen. If you are not making progress in your prayer life, you are losing your prayer life. If you are not making progress in your marriage, you are losing your marriage. If you are not making progress in your walk with God, you are losing your walk with God. Because everything in life decays. I came to preach for a moment. Everything in life falls apart. Everything in life decays. Everything. But if you can say, God, I'll be obedient in every way, all the way, not part of the way, and I'll make progress. I go to tell you somebody, amen, your marriage might have been falling apart, but if you will say, God, I'll be obedient to your word, and I'll start making progress, you are winning. You are gaining. Oh, I can't. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope you can feel my heart tonight. This message is in my bones. I would not be standing here today had I not had this word and this message in my heart and in my bones. It burns like fire. Amen. There's so many people I've met through the years that have told me I want to be used of God. I've sat in prayer meetings with them. We all went to the altar and had every preacher in the book lay hands on us. Amen. And and, and pray. And we sat, we sweated, we cried, we snotted all over the floor. Amen. But they would refuse to be obedient all the way to God. And they're not in the ministry today, but I promise you this, if you've got a desire to be something for God, and you'll just say yes every time he calls, and you'll hit your knees to pray when he asks you to, and you'll read your, if you'll be obedient, God will bless you. Amen. Delayed obedience is disobedience as well. Okay, God will obey. And a couple years go by. I know of an individual that they told me uh, and said, you just don't know the things God has in my life. And, oh, God's got big plans for my life. And uh, I've asked him, when are you going to do it? Well, it's coming. But one day, but one day becomes no day. And one day becomes never. And they never obey God. Amen. And I want to tell you, when you make a habit of not obeying God when he asks you and delaying your obedience, you make a habit of never walking obedience. Amen. you you got to learn that when God calls you, the best time to eat your meal is not when it's reheated in the microwave. The best time to eat your meal is when it's prepared for you and God's put it on the table. Amen. I want to tell you, the best time to go to the altar is when the preacher gets done preaching, not when you get home. Hallelujah. I just came to have fun tonight. I, I just met so well, I'll pray about it when I go get home. No, when you get home, you're going to do dishes, you're going to do the laundry, and you might even sit down and get on social media for five hours. You might as well come to the altar when it's hot and ready like little Caesars. You might as well get a hold of God and say, God, I'm going to take care of it. I'm not going to wait. If you are speaking to me about it, I'm going to get it taken care of. And everybody said amen. If you have to choose, choose obedience. If there has to be a choice between sacrifice and obedience, choose obedience every time. Because Saul thought he could get in God's favor by sacrifice alone. The idea that some outward show or outward expression would be grand enough to overshadow the disobedience in his life is not a new concept. In fact, we see it all the time. People will come, and I don't, I, listen, if you're struggling, come to the altar. If you're struggling, 
Shout in church. If you're struggling, sing and praise God. Amen. But I'm talking about people that they've got active disobedience in their life, and God's been speaking to them, but they've always got a prophecy. They've always got a word. They've always got a shout. They've always got a twirl. They've always got all those things. Amen. What they're really expressing is that if I can keep all of the land, all of the sheep of Agag and all of the best of the Amalekites, God will be pleased with my sacrifice. Amen. But the prophet showed up and said, God is not interested in your sacrifice if it means that you forgot to be obedient. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me tell you, God looks down. Uh, in fact, you can find it in the book of Proverbs. Uh, amen. There's some prayers that the Bible says God won't even listen to. Uh, amen. Because when he looks down and he sees the individual's obedience level, he says, I'm not even listening to that prayer. Uh, amen. I, I don't even have time for that. You can go look it up for yourself. Uh, amen. But there's times uh, where you can worship, you can shout. Amen. But you are shouting by yourself. Uh, God ain't paying attention uh, because he looks down from heaven and says that shout has no obedience behind it. That praise has no obedience behind it. Hallelujah. This is why the charismatic church is so shallow and they are running for their lives because they have some great musicians, but they're not walking in obedience. They've got an awesome stage with cool lighting, but God is not pleased with them and there is no favor of God being poured out. This is why, amen, nobody's getting saved. This is why they don't have an altar call. Amen. This is why they just, you think that, amen, people church hopping is Pentecostal. No, it ain't. I've talked to every preacher in this city that I've met. And all of them are saying, yeah, we just absorb every Baptist and every Methodist, and, and we ain't winning no new people. I'll tell you why that is. Because they're going from one place to another, amen, looking for another show of glory. But what they need is find a place of obedience where they can submit their will and say, God, whatever you say, I'll do it. Let's stand across the building. Thank you for your attention tonight. I know I talked for a long time, but I, I just really feel this in my heart. If we will get this church, the year of favor is going to be a lifestyle of favor. Somebody pray. Come on, let's pray. Come on, if we can get this in our hearts, if we can get this in our hearts, there is nothing that will be withheld from us. Amen. If we can get this in our spirits, amen, not just so we can say we're better than other people, God, it's got to come with a humble heart. But, Lord, if we can get this obedience thing down, God can trust us. God can trust us, and he can give us fresh words, and he can send us new promises, and God will trust us. Amen. Saul thought he could just, he could just, out-sacrifice his disobedience. Out-shout his disobedience. Out-give his disobedience. Out-reach his disobedience. Hallelujah. I met a few folk like that too. Always bring people to church, but they ain't submitted to nobody. God is not the king of their life. They are the king of their life. Let me just say this. Singing will never outshine obedience. Shouting will never drown out obedience. And dancing will never move God more than obedience because obedience is better. Everybody said amen. Now, does that mean we stop shouting? Heaven forbid. In fact, we ought to shout more. If you Listen, ain't nobody shout like somebody who knows that God's been speaking to them. <laughs> And they've been walking in it. You know, the people that can't lift their hands? Aiken? Where yet? Give God the glory. I can't. 
Why can't you give God the glory, Achan? I've been living in disobedience. I can't do it. I can't even lift my hands. I got a Babylonian garment. I got some silver and some gold from the, from the battle. I took it when God said not to. That's the kind of person that can't give God the glory. We ought to give God the glory. We ought to shout. We ought to give God praise. But everybody that came through that line, I want to tell you, when you live a life of obedience, condemnation has no place in your life. You know what that verse really means? There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit, who are walking in obedience. In other words, if you're not walking in obedience, condemnation will be your best friend. By best friend, I mean your worst enemy, but always there. Amen. But if you are walking in obedience, there's something about that that gives great confidence. The Bible says if our heart condemns us not, we have great confidence towards God. If we know in our heart, God, I'm doing everything I can. I may not be perfect. I fail and I make mistakes. But I have a confidence that I can come to church and lift my hands. Amen, God. And I can worship. And I'm not worshiping, amen, to avoid my acts of disobedience and to not talk about them. But, God, I am bringing before you, God, a life of obedience. And I know that I, that obedience is bringing, amen, a greater, grander worship. Amen. Let me tell you, church, obedience is an act of worship. Amen. I want to tell you, God rewards obedience. Obedience proves our love to God. Obedience to God demonstrates faith and obedience is better than any sacrifice you could ever give. What can you do to worship God this year? Well, I could do 300 whirly birds in the service. A couple backflips. Why don't you just obey him? Open up that book. Go back to some preaching and say, God, what are you even talking to me about? Okay, God. I've said no up until this point. But from this point on, I'm just going to say yes. I surrender. Would you lift up your voice? I want to open up this altar. Would you come for just a couple minutes? Would you pray about it? I, I don't want you to just pray about it tonight. I do want you to pray about it tonight. But I want you to take it in your heart. Make it a part of your soul. Metabolize it and say, God, would you help this word to become flesh here today? There's great blessings and favor that follows obedience and if people will obey God and take him at his word and say, God, I, I heard your word, I trust your word, and I submit myself to your word, I promise you, you will have the greatest life of favor that you could ever encounter. Amen. I, I promise you will walk in dimensions you never thought possible. God will elevate you to positions you never thought you qualified for. Amen. God will open up doors of opportunity. You will not be held back in any avenue. Uh, amen. Because when God looks down at his children and sees those that are being obedient. There's something powerful that happens. God, I want to worship you in obedience. I want to worship you in spirit and in truth and obedience, God. Obedience to that truth. God, with my emotions, but God, with my lifestyle, with my heart, and with my mind, God. Somebody pray in this house. Let's just take a couple of moments. Come on, obedience is better, church. Obedience is better. It's a better way of living. It's a better way of thinking. Church, let's pray. In the name of Jesus. Come on. I want my worship to have power. I want my prayers to have power. I want the way I live to have authority. I want what I preach to have authority. 
because I'm living it.